Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. I'm Connor Swalm, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, CEO at Finn, and I am joined once again, the inaugural episode. Well, might be your sixth episode with us. Kyle Christensen from Empath MSP. Kyle, how are you? Good, man. I can't believe we've done six episodes. We do three at a time usually, and this is the second session, but I can't remember. This was like a year ago that we would have recorded the, the first couple, right? Yeah, you know your 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 stairwell is looking great. Your bookshelf is well organized, and uh, uh, if I lean the right way, you can see there's Woody, Woody right there too. Buzz yeah, Lightyear hey, is not in the house. Hey, hey, Jamie, can we get him a green screen at some point? <laughs> Jamie's been advocating <laughs> that for quite some time. He's probably laughing to himself right now. <laughs> what are we talking about today? We're talking about imposter syndrome. How would you define? It? How would you define that? Oh man, I. It's so hard to not just start talking about it. To me, imposter syndrome is the out-of-body experience saying, "What? how am I here? So my imposter syndrome right now is, I can't believe I'm sitting here on a podcast with the great Connor. Oh Small, my goodness. The smartest man you will ever meet. For folks who don't, don't get that inside joke, we're going to turn everyone into a part of the inside joke at this point. Kyle introduces me as the smartest man he's ever met. And even though I correct him in person, whether it's just us two, whether it's he's telling it to other people, I promise I'm not. And his his goal is to tell that to enough people that they won't possibly believe me, that they'll just continue believing him. So now you're all a part of the inside joke. I also say Kyle's yeah. the smartest person I've ever met to try and counteract it, but it's not. I really mean, just good. go to Connor's the smartest man you'll ever meet dot com and find out more. I'm doing that right now. Connor <laughs> is the <laughs> smartest man you'll ever me.com. Can you even have that many letters in a domain? I kind of 80% of me expected you to have registered that so that you could just tell me to go visit it and then it would have a picture of me or something there. No, that would, that would mean I'm way too driven in for thinking on the shit that comes <laughs> out of my mouth. So out of body experience, that's how you defined imposter syndrome. What are, what are some of the things that go along with that? What are you thinking? What are the scenarios that comes up in? So I've done a little bit of research in this. Um, so for people that don't know my background, I actually went to school, uh, college to be a behavioral psychologist. My initial, um, want as a young lad was I wanted to study psychology primarily in the field of resilience. I was fascinated with this idea on how we're able to achieve these crazy feats. And some people, they're just crippling and they can't even take a single step. And when this term imposter syndrome became really popular about a couple of years ago, right? I started to see articles everywhere about it. And I think it had to do with quiet quitting all this. I, I started to really be curious of, is, is there a vulnerability component? Is there a, is there a risk component? Is there, because people were using it in the context of making them not take the next step forward. Right. Like they, they were using it not rather than the out of body idea, the imposter syndrome. I'm an imposter. What I'm doing, they were using it in a way to say it prevents them from being an imposter. Like the, to me, the act has already happened or I'm in the act and I recognize it versus preceding the act that makes you feel like an imposter. 
And I don't know if there, I don't know, Connor, if, if you disagree or you agree or if you've done research on this. Um, but I feel like it's used a little incorrectly too much. All of my research is anecdotal and from firsthand experience on this subject. <laughs> um, I've, I've had several conversations with entrepreneurs or, or leaders or, or people who just want to, to be leaders um, in all various industries about it all the time. I feel like the, the most concise description of imposter syndrome is the gap that exists between what you believe your capabilities are and what other people believe your capabilities are. So it's like, um, there's usually a, a ton of self-doubt comes into that. It's like, of course, I know everything I think because I'm the one thinking them. I know everything I say because I'm the one saying it. I, I know I have this like temperature meter in my head of like, well, how confident am I in that statement or this one? Or how confident am I that I can accomplish all of these things? And there is a difference between valid skepticism and self-doubt. And so imposter syndrome, it's just the gap between what you believe you're capable of and what other people are confident you're capable of. Um, and sometimes they vary greatly. Sometimes they cross paths and they go the other way where you think you're more capable and other people don't. More often than not, it's like, uh, especially, you know, you're founding a software company. So everyone's like, oh, Kyle, go ahead. You can do, you're going to do it perfectly. You're, you've been in the MSP industry since before Connor was in diapers. Of course, you're going <laughs> to, that was eight years ago. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> of course, you're going to, you're going to make it happen. And then as you dive into it, as you have all this firsthand experience, as you're like, well, I'm aware of every single thing I know we're doing incredibly poorly. And I'm aware of every single incredibly hard thing that I'm not a hundred percent confident we'll do. But all every, everyone else sees is like, Kyle, smiling face, empath MSP with all the witty retorts and all the great friends. It's like, so it's like, there's this difference in understanding that exists. I don't know. That's, that's how I've always thought about the gap, but uh, the definition. Well, and there's a great book actually on called uh, the gap in the game where it, it alludes to the idea of we measure ourselves off of the gap in what we want to achieve versus the accomplishments that we've gone to, right? Like if I think of myself on a linear scale, I'll measure myself if I'm right in the middle. I'll measure myself off of the difference that I have to go rather than the progress that I have made. And that can be crippling, cause anxiety. It can cause um, self-doubt. It can cause a lot of, um, of personal analysis that could prevent you from taking that next step. And where I think the insecurities lie with imposter syndrome is really in our ability to handle risk, which is a term called resilience. And there's fascinating research on this resilience topic because, well, yes, Connor, right? I've done this before, so I know all of the risk that I have ahead of me. This, and I think we talked about this on the first episode actually a year ago, this dare to suck mantra I have has been a way to help me overcome that insecurity and anxiety that I have. Why? Because I've recognized that when I do feel anxious, I mean, full disclosure, I was having panic attacks last week, crippling panic attacks. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I was in tears. I was tossing and turning. I've suffered from them my whole life. And what I've learned is by sharing my panic attacks, not internalizing them, that I am able to trigger in my brain that, oh, this is just my brain in a fight or flight response, right? The bear is chasing me. The bear wants to eat me. So my initial gut reaction is to run. Now in a SaaS world, right, this is, I've invested a lot of money. I have a lot of reputational at stake. There's a lot of things that can go wrong. Will anyone want to buy our product? 
So the fight or flight response is get the hell out before you make a fool of yourself, right? It's a social construct at this point. And I wonder if imposter syndrome has become a, a more prevalent term because especially coming out of COVID, we only really see each other in a social media type context, right? Like, I mean, Connor, you and I only ever talk on Zoom. We only ever talk on LinkedIn posts, you know, going back and forth with each other. So I think there's an interesting concept there of being able to recognize that it's just the ape in us telling us that there's a line in our cave. Are you somebody that hates losing or loves winning more? Ooh, hates losing. And I think that predisposes you to vast amounts of imposter syndrome because you'll throw away all the wins because you're like, those don't make me feel good. No, but those losses, those sting, they all sting. And that goes back to what we were talking about with executive coaching. It's There's a discipline that I've, uh, for those also that don't know me, I did an Ironman in 2018. And one of the main reasons I wanted to do it was just to see if I could get over the mental angst and hurdles and force myself to do it. It was a self-discipline exercise, if anything, because you're in the pool at six in the morning, you're going for a run at lunch, and you're you're on the bike trainer because the sun's probably down in the winter for the next two, three hours. Like you have to do that every single day for like a year. Being able to manage your own impulses has extreme benefits in the entrepreneurial world because I wake up in the morning. No, I don't want to check my email. No, I don't want to hop on a call with a pissed off customer. No, I, 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 there's so many things that we can say from experience I don't want to do, but the ones that seem to achieve it do it anyway. And they don't do it as a, oh, that, that ruined my day. I think it's the perspective you put on it of, that's just what I have to do to get where I want to go. True. Now, getting into my daddy issues, the worst, <laughs> the worst thing, the best thing you can ever tell me is, Kyle, I don't think you can do it. So I think that's where when you asked me the question, I had to think a little bit on, I don't really care about winning. I don't care about financial gain. I don't care about um, uh, even, even reputation. I just want to check the box. That is interesting. A uh, an example of that I I can pull from recently is I was in an executive coaching uh, session, and um, of our goals that we were setting forward for next quarter, one of them was we need to do this and not fall flat on our face. And <laughs> my, my coach immediately goes, "Oh, you mean you need to do that well? Like it needs to like you will do this well in this quarter." I was like, "Yeah, that's exactly what I said." Yes, that's not what you said at all. <laughs> do you see the difference between the two statements? And I was like, not really. I, I guess the words are different. Sure. But those, that was the same thing in my head. Those are, those are the exact same statement because those are not the same statement to anyone else. That's not in your head. I was oh, like, words matter. Yeah. I was like, oh yes, we will do this and it will go well. It was great. Well, and I, and I'm sure for people that would be in that meeting, what they would hear is, oh, we're in trouble if we don't fit, if we don't succeed. Because you put a pessimistic spin onto it that connotates that if we can't lose, then there's a consequence. True. I, I remember super early days uh, at Finn. It was like everyone would be really frustrated, and like <laughs> you could feel the temperature rising in our little hacker house that we all lived and worked out. <laughs> and I'd have to come downstairs and remind everyone. I was like, "Yo, like we're doing the impossible. We invented a company out of thin air." We convinced people for better or for worse to give us tons of money to go do this impossible thing. It's like we invented a business. Like that's it. Sure, it's in an industry that already exists. It's like Finn did not exist. We have willed it into existence together. And that's impossible. It is something that shouldn't be capable of happening. Yet here we are. Like, remember that. Like, none of this is 
None of this is possible. None of it should be. No. So, it, it, well, and, and that's where now, right, you're giving the optimistic spin of guys, we're trying to achieve something that not many people can achieve. So, you're giving a motivational uh, spin on the same statement, which is one of the best ways to achieve an outcome because now I don't have to obsess about things like process and, um, and requirements and guidelines. You look at a lot of very successful startups, they don't have a bunch of process and knowledge-based articles and process and workflows because we're all driven to the same outcome, the goal, right? There's a motivational factor saying we all win. And I'll be honest, I've struggled with exactly with what you're struggling with because to me, I motivate myself through negativity in a way. Right? Yeah. That's just who I am. But I've projected that motivation onto others before. And as, as a receiver of that projection, it, it just feels like micromanagement. It feels like bad culture. It feels like you're browbeating them a little bit. Um, there, there's, a, there's a social construct that we have to get over that says, don't treat your employees or your team like you treat yourself. Uh, I, I don't, think, uh, don't think this would work if I did that. <laughs> no, you, we, you would not be the great kind of swamp. I'm not even the great Connor Swam right now. I'm just, uh, I'm just Connor. That's what you can call me. Just Connor. Here's a fun one. Have you ever heard the term Icarus syndrome? Icarus syndrome. I mean, I know Icarus, but I've never heard Icarus syndrome. What's that? So think of it as the antithesis to imposter syndrome. It's, I think that I'm always going to succeed rather than I shouldn't be succeeding. In my experience. So, all right. Why does imposter syndrome exist specifically? I have been through many experiences. I am young. For those of you who can see me, I'm young comparatively. I'm 28 years old. I mean, we both are. (laughs) Yeah. However, I remember uh, I was a real estate investor for quite some time. I had borrowed one and a half million dollars to flip a bunch of houses. And I bought a house that every single advisor and every person I'd ever borrowed, every person I'd ever consulted for any amount of advice was like, don't do this. You're making a mistake. And my response was, F you. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the guy with the golden touch. I'm the person making the money, making this shit happen. And you're sitting on the sidelines and that's why you're a loser. That would literally like some of those thoughts would run through my head. <laughs> lost everything buying that. <laughs> like lost everything trying to prove to these people that I was better than them and they didn't know what the hell they were talking about. And I remember vividly like laying, I had moved back into my parents' house, living there. It's like laying in a bed, like, wow. It's like, I am the only reason that that happened. <laughs> it's like, I am the reason that that loss occurred and that all those mistakes happened and all this BS came along with it. It's like, not my advisors, not the people who lent me money. It's like, I actively swatted their hands away and told them to go screw themselves. So now, whenever I feel myself getting into a similar state of mind where it's like, these people don't know what the hell they're talking about. It's like, stop. I'm like, oh, whoa, whoa. It's like, I've been here. Let me take a step back. Let me really evaluate this without my ego getting in the way here and see what we should be doing. And honestly, most often it's like, yeah, actually, um, I'd rather just do what you suggested. So why don't you guys go do those things? Um, I don't need to do what I need to do here. So, Oh, it's the power of, let me think about that and get back to you statement. Yeah. Let it marinate. Don't give your gut impression ever. Like if we want to give a tip for this, right? A good way to combat that is give the, the, the solution space. Don't try to solve the problem right away when the fires happen. Everyone yeah. go back, think about it, come back to it in like a week or two. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to fix what broke because you're going to realize that was a single incident, right? How many times do we fix something? Cause we have one case study. 
out of 400,000 that got implemented. Right. Right. But Icarus syndrome, it's a fun way to look at it in the other side. I've always said startups are like the sun and everyone wants to be Icarus and not have their wings melt. It's like <laughs> we are like we're, we're doing what, what most people consider cool, exciting things. And there's a certain amount of like, uh, you, you can physically see the difference in your customers, li- in people's lives that you care about as an organization because you woke up and did your job well. And conversely, if you woke up and do your, do your job poorly, it's like those people start screaming at you. There is no process in the way between you and the feedback somebody really wants to give you. They just call your cell phone most often <laughs> and give it to you. So, it, it, well, that's why when I, so my consulting logo uses Icarus as the mascot. I do yeah. that as a cautionary tale because yes, we can achieve great things. However, let's not be stupid about it and think that we can't fail. But there is, like you mentioned, you got to meet in the middle. For folks who wanted to connect with you uh, or Empath, how would you suggest they do that? Pretty easy. EmpathMSP.com. Go see all the educational goodness for bringing the MSP channel. Um, and then hit me up on LinkedIn, Kyle Christensen. Uh, I could talk about this crap all day long and I'd be happy to chew the fat with you. Awesome. We'll have links to all that in the show notes. Please go bother Kyle uh, and tell him he can't do things. And then we'll watch, sit back and watch <laughs> together as we watch him do all of them. Kyle, thanks so much for being here. Folks, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. It was a pleasure chatting with you. I'll see you next time. Thanks, Connor. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time. <laughs>